and gents, and welcome to the Controlled Interest Gamecast, episode 54. We talk about video games and everything happening in the industry. This week, I'm joined by Dom. Yahoo! And Jordan. It's me, Mario! So, I had a Jordan week, as I like to call it. Uh, there was, a, you know, a month span <laughs> there where Jordan really didn't play much. That's completely fine. You don't have to, you know, you shouldn't be a slave to video games. And it was just, I was busy this week, and I couldn't really find time to play video games. Um, which is odd for me. It's like the first time this has happened in a very long time. And it wasn't that I didn't want to play anything. It's just that I didn't have the time, you know. Um, would have been great if I had a Nintendo Switch. I could have maybe played some things mobily when I was out and about. But Mobily? Um, yeah. I, I don't have a Switch yet. I'm planning to get one. Uh, and obviously we're going to be talking about uh, Jordan's couple of weeks now with it. So that will be later in the show. Yeah, so I didn't really play anything. I did, however... Uh, buy a Gundam kit. I've never built a Gundam before. <laughs> uh, yeah. I've never built a Gundam before, and to be honest with you, I never even was really into the Gundam uh, anime at all. Uh, it was just something that wasn't on my radar. Like, it's super interesting to me now as, that I'm older, but it was just something I didn't get into as a kid. Uh, Easy Allies, um, they stream a bunch of stuff, and they've actually been streaming yeah. the last month or so Gundam streams, and I've seen them build yeah. them. I it's it's really cool to me. I like Legos for that same reason. I like uh, like tactile projects of like filling things and building things, and they seem Jared, super interesting and intricate and like oh, it's awesome. Do you like Bionicles? Oh yeah, I did have Bionicles. You're Bionicle, right. Those are kind of like that. bruh. That is true. I did have Bionicles. You're right. I used to have those as a kid too. Yeah. Bionicle, bruh. They made um, a movie about it. I yeah, exactly. It. Um, yeah. So I bought my Gundam. It was one that was on sale. I don't remember its name, but it's really badass. It's like, it's primarily white with a lot of blues, reds, and yellows. Uh, it looked really cool. Um, I didn't go for a master grade because I'm not going that deep in yet. Um, but uh, yeah, I got the tools, um, the clippers and the shears and the pliers and uh, all that stuff. So I'm, I'm going to see how it is and if I actually enjoy it or not. I think I will, but I just, I didn't want to dive wholly in before I knew it was something I wanted to invest in, right, as a hobby. Um, but yeah, it looks like it's going to be a good time. It should be coming tomorrow or Monday, depending on how quick it ships. So I'll give you guys an update next week when I, I probably will build it before next show. Um, and then if I like it a lot, I really want to invest in this matte spray. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it's a spray that Kyle Bossman used in one of the streams. And what it does is you spray it on and you let it sit for like a couple of hours and it gives it a matte coating that makes it look more... I wouldn't say like metal, but it makes it look less plasticky and quote unquote like yeah. cheap. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, more, um, it kind of solidifies it. Yeah, yeah. And it makes it look a little bit more professional. It looks really nice. Um, so, yeah, this is just my testing, dipping my toes in the water. Gundam, a lot cheaper than uh, than a lot of Lego sets I noticed too. And I love Lego. Um, but I was expecting Gundam to be a lot more expensive. I was prepared for that. I was like, it looks like something really cool. A lot cheaper than I expected. Cool thing, too, I bought it from USA Gundam Store because uh, I was looking around doing my research to see where's the best place to buy it here in the States that you get, like, a good product, right, and a good price, and they don't jip you off. Um, and USA Gundam Store was recommended by a lot of people, including the Allies, and I bought it from there. Really good price, like I said, really good shipping options. I got a message, uh, which was really cool, from the, the guy who owns the shop saying, like, we're actually a family-run business. We're not, like, this crazy... Um, chain or anything and we appreciate your purchase and stuff like that and he made it really personal which I thought was cool could have been an automated email but either way um, he replied because I have gave a follow-up right um, so that's really cool uh, so if you're looking to get into Gundam definitely look up USA Gundam store good prices and stuff like that so 
That's pretty much all I've been so, doing this week. Two things. I guess I'll go ahead and start, but I want to say two things off of your thing, Jared. Your Gundam thing. I'm glad you mentioned the Gundam thing because I actually I've uh, mentioned this on the show. I finished watching the original Gundam series recently. Uh, it's like about forty three episodes, I think. Um, very cool. Um, made in nineteen seventy nine. Very old school Japanese anime, but. I really didn't think the voices, the American voices, were bad at all. Um, also, I think you're giving me the vibe. I'm, I'm probably going to be doing the same and uh, checking out a Gundam model at uh, some point. So, because I was, I was as soon as you mentioned it, I was like, oh, you must have been watching the Easy Allies, right? So, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll probably do the same and join you here uh, sometime, and. Um, yeah, I just I fucking love Gundam, dude. So I'm I'm glad you're I'm glad you're trying it out. Yeah, man. It's the funny thing is, like I said, I was never into Gundam as a kid, but I saw people with the with the kits, and I was like, oh, it's something I want to do. And like, I grew up in a house with a single mom and stuff, so we didn't have a lot of expendable income. And I would much rather if there was ever an opportunity for me to get like a gift or something for good grades or something, it was always video games. Hence why we're doing a video game podcast. But I always was interested in Gundam kits and Gundam models. And then I kind of forgot about that intrigue until recently when I started seeing those Easy Ally streams. Because not a lot of people stream Gundam builds. It's not a common thing, you know. So I was watching and I was like, oh, I forgot. I really wanted to do this. Um, so, yeah, I just decided to dive in and get one. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. And uh, it'd be interesting to hear from you, too, since you're into Gundam and you're get you're possibly getting a Gundam kit and then I'm not really in quote unquote into Gundam but I'm getting one so it's going to be interesting to see um our both both of our perspectives but I didn't really play anything unfortunately I want to hear what you guys have been playing because I'm sure you guys have played more than me which is zero so one more quick question do you ever watch any Gundam when you're a kid no like I said I was I was just something that wasn't on my radar like I knew about Gundam it's just not, nothing that ever I wouldn't say captured my attention but it wasn't readily available for me if that makes sense so, yeah. Gundam was right alongside, uh, you know, Dragon Ball Z and some of those really uh, formative anime series after school. You know, I'd like rush home because it'd be like I'd be getting off the bus and Gundam would be starting, you know. So I'm like running to my door to try to get the TV turned on. Um, so, yeah, love me some Gundam. Glad you're getting into that. Uh, what I've been playing, I actually kind of had a Jordan week myself. <laughs> um, I, I have a few of those. Um, I didn't play a whole lot. I've uh, been doing other stuff, been busy and and all that. So, uh, but Snake Pass came out, and uh, of course I got that on Switch because <laughs> dying for games on the Switch right now. You know, just just begging for anything. Um, I'm really waiting on that Mario Kart because uh, I'm. Um, well, I'll talk about Zelda in a second, but, uh, I'm enjoying Snake Pass. I think, um, it's more difficult than I expected. I thought it would be kind of a breeze, and then as you got further into the game, it would get difficult. But I think, really, just from the start, it's difficult, even though, um, the controls aren't bad or anything like that. I would just say it's immediately challenging, so, um... It's one of those games I'll, I'll just pick up and put down as I go. I could be playing this game in, in two and a half years um, if my Switch isn't uh, C-shaped by that point. Uh, but I just hope that 
I can actually kind of get the hang of it because I'm, uh, to be honest, I'm not super good at it right now. So I kind of got to, like I said, pick it up and put it down because it can get kind of frustrating when I'm just banging my head against the wall or slithering up against the wall, I guess. Ah. Um, <laughs> um, so played a little bit of that. Of course, Persona 5 came out. Um, this is a huge game for me. I'm, f- I'm really glad this game's out. It- it's just like Zelda, it's one of those games that um, probably should have been out a couple years ago. And even if it had been out a couple years ago, it still would have kind of looked old at that point. So I'm really glad it's out now, just like Zelda, because those games are um, feel kind of old, you know, and they, they needed to be out so that we kind of move on. Um, speaking of that, Persona, man... First of all, there's no PS4 Pro support, which I don't even know how they got away with, seeing as how they delayed it past the launch of the PS4 Pro, and I thought all games had to be uh, have some sort of support now that the Pro is out. It doesn't make much sense. Um, but besides that, it really looks rough, man. Like Even for a PS3 game, I'm surprised how some of the parts look so rough. Um, some of the textures and stuff, some of the objects in the... Um, areas that you're in are just so blocky does, and, does and it make low up res. For it? Does it make up for it, you know, with art style and, and, and that sort of thing? Uh, it looks really that's cool. the thing. Like the is the, the, yeah, sure. And the let me say this. I'm really glad this is the first... Well, okay, this, this is the first Persona game with the anime cutscenes uh, that were produced in HD, I guess... They were made into high res for Persona 4 Golden on the Vita, but and you know they they call them HD ports like the Ratchet and Clank and Jack Jack and Daxter collection on Vita, but the Vita doesn't have an HD screen, so I don't consider those HD. It's I'm going down a rabbit hole, but basically I'm really glad that they have the HD anime cutscenes because if you don't know, Persona has in-game cutscenes and then they also have. Um, cutscenes that really just look like a 2D anime that you would watch on Crunchyroll or whatever. And um, so I'm glad to see those are finally in HD. But outside of that, Dom, um, yes, the the art style you're talking about, I think, is more like the menu and um, some of the um, option screens that you're going through. They are very much stylized, and that's how Persona's always been. They have some of the best uh, user interfaces of any game. Um, and then of course, yeah, just the story and the, uh, the music, I'd say Persona has, um, my favorite music of any game series that I've ever played just in general. Um, so in some senses, the gameplay is great and it does make up for that in some senses, but I was just really surprised that it, it almost looks really outdated even for a PS3 game, you know, like obviously something like the last of us came out towards what we thought was the end of the PS3 life cycle. And um, and it looks way better than this. So um, I guess I'm spending a lot of time talking about the visual fidelity, but that's okay because I didn't play too much of it this week, so I'll get more into the gameplay side of it in uh, the coming weeks. Um, besides that, I um, played a little more Zelda, uh, but I'm starting to feel the fatigue on that. I couldn't really stop myself from doing shrines, kind of just kept on doing shrines and kind of got almost addicted to that in a way so at some point i'll need to get back to the story but it doesn't seem like 
um, that narrative is going to be something that's really hooking me in, so it's not necessarily calling me back at the moment. But I am logging in every day to touch my Amiibos to the analog stick and try to uh, get all my items. I've got so so I have the the so I have uh, Smash Bros. Link and Toon Link from Wind Waker. Okay, so you pro- so the Ocarina of Time Amiibo I've been tapping in. I've actually been lazy on it the past couple of days. That got me like the Ocarina of Time tunic into the game, which is fantastic. I, I'm still trying to get the hat because I want the damn hat. But yeah, so there's three pieces to every gear set, and there's basically um, with each of those um, Smash Bros. Link and Toon Link. They each have their own gear set. So I've got the full Wind Waker gear set, um, and now I've got two pieces of the twilight gear set i need the trousers of twilight to complete that and i have got epona which is only available through the uh, smash bros link uh, which is great i'm glad to have that horse even though horse riding blows in this game um so yeah besides that um i want to give two quick shout outs well three quick shout outs actually the americans season five is going super fucking strong i highly recommend this uh, to everyone, I think it's an amazing show. It's about KGB agents um, coming over from Russia in the 80s that have um, gone undercover and been raised to speak and uh, act American. And they... Really cool espionage stuff going on there, so check that out. Um, then I want to give another shout-out to the latest DC animated movie, which is Teen Titans' The Judas Contract. Uh, which I just watched last night, which was fucking awesome. Um, also highly recommended. And then I started reading uh, the sci-fi book Dune um, because I've been hearing lots of good things and, and uh, really kind of just couldn't get away from it. I was I was reading some cool stuff about it on the internet and I decided I just had to jump in. And wow, I am in love with this book. It's quickly becoming one of my favorite books. And um, once again... Highly recommended. Um, I'd say, like, you know, everybody who is a fan of sci-fi in general, but especially uh, those who are a fan of sci-fi novels should read this book. And then uh, something that you guys should definitely check out is I've been watching the last few episodes of Legion on FX, the X-Men show. Um, Very, very good stuff. Just watched an episode with an awesome uh, scene in it. with a song by Feist, one of my favorite artists, who has a new album coming out. So, awesome, awesome show. Really trippy. And uh, also, highly recommended. <laughs> so, yeah. What have you been uh, playing, Dom? Alright, so, I got into some more Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, the the TV, the fork, the, the pro, the, the, it, everything it makes your eyes just... Did you get your TV? TV? Yeah, no, I've had it for almost two weeks now. Oh, okay. It just it, it makes your eyes bleed with happiness. It's a weird thing. Are you puking um, rainbows, Dom? Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, otherwise, I played a whole lot of Salt and Sanctuary <clears throat> on the Vita. Nice. And I'm still really loving it, but it's it's far from a great port. Um, oh no! It's crashing frequently now, and it's no. getting progressively worse, which is. It's extremely painful because I love the game, um, so I keep trying and I keep, you know, but it, 
it seems I reported it, you know, and in the developers, it's two people, so I I don't know what to expect. Um, so I don't know. <clears throat> it's a problem, but at, I bet they know, man. I bet yeah, they know. It's people. It's really hard for people to port their games to Vita because a lot of times these games are made on weird engines. I know that was the case with Hyperlight Drifter. Uh, I cannot remember the name of that engine that it was made on, but it's not very versatile, and it makes it tough to put it on uh, something like the Vita where you're working with a limited amount of you know computational space. And it's and it's just hard crashes, right? Like all the way back to the 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 Vita like home screen, and it's just it's painful. Um, they can't worry about shame. updating it though. They're worrying about that switch port right now. That's their focus. Yeah, let's hope so. <laughs> Shit. Um, so, so yeah, Dom, would you? I guess you don't. Are you gonna buy it when it comes out on Switch? I mean, I, I have no no reason to believe it will, but I probably not just because I have it on Vita and because I bought it on Vita, you also get it on PS4. So. Oh, you um, got the cross buy. Yeah, so that's nice. Two separate trophy lists though, because you know nice. part of me was like, oh well, I'll just I'll forget the Vita version and go get the other trophies on PS4, but I would have to get all of the trophies again. Might be a good thing for some people if you want to get them twice, but I was kind of bummed about that. But anyway, outside of that, um, I had to put down Zelda. I went to uh, rehab, did the whole nine. Um, I was addicted. Um, Yeah, we both both (laughs) had to put it down for a minute. So frankly, I just wanted to put it down because I didn't want to be done with it. I didn't want to finish it all too quick and then... Like we talked about a few months ago, let the Switch collect dust for too many months. So I want to start to spread Zelda out a little more because I was just burning into it. Um, same. So that was same. my philosophy there. Um, but otherwise, you, I, I'm surprised both of you guys missed something pretty big uh, that was on the t- the television this past week, which was uh, the Walking Dead finale. Oh, I meant to mention that. I'm four I, I weeks behind, it. so I still need to oh. catch up. Oh, no. Okay. I wanted to talk spoilers. Yeah. So <laughs> maybe some, sometime in the future we can talk spoilers. But overall, I like that final episode. Um, I, I still think that this like season seven could have been condensed into one season or a, a half a season rather, but that's yeah, just my thoughts. So that's know, been my week. Isn't that every I season think, of walking dead? I just feel like in, in really 2017, the shorter you can make your show, the better. I think Game eight of Thrones to 10 episodes series, like, eight to 10. Well, that's too short because I don't like the fact that they've been doing 10 episode seasons and now they're just like, eh, fuck it. We'll just do a few. But, uh, I think eight to ten episode seasons are perfect, and yeah, Walking Dead really shows its length and its filler with its sixteen episodes. But I will say, I'm glad you brought that on, brought that up, Dom. I meant to mention it. Loved this finale. I thought this it was finale awesome. was yeah. way better than last year's finale. I thought this finale made up for a lot of the bullshit in this season, even though this season wasn't bad. It just wasn't great. Um, and I'm. I'm I'm digging where they're going with Negan. I think I think they're they're treating it all right. You know, I, I think season eight is set up now to be like probably one of the best seasons they've done. Uh, if they I, they could definitely nail it. Yeah. Uh. So I think that's everything we've been playing. On to the news. The first bit of news here had to include it for Jordan's sake. Jack and Daxter games coming to PS4 as PS2 classics. Polygon reports four oh! entries into Naughty Dog's beloved Jack and Daxter series are on their way to the PlayStation 4. Uh, Jack and Daxter, the Precursor Legacy, Jack 2, Jack 3, as well as... Let me say it. Okay. 2005 spin-off. The greatest game of all time. Ladies and gentlemen, the PlayStation 4 computer entertainment system is now hashtag 
complete. It has Jack X Combat Racing. Uh, yep. <laughs> chirp, chirp. Uh, as with all PS2 and PS4 titles, these four games are being up to 1080p resolution, and Sony is adding PS4 features such as PlayStation Network trophies, share play, oh. and remote play. Uh, they currently have no oh. price, but PS2 Classic titles usually range from $9.99 to $15.99. Or Make no mistake, sorry. motherfuckers. I'll be playing Jack 4 by 2020. <laughs> Get it! Uh, so that's big news. Naughty that's Dog awesome. ain't making it. I think, uh, I really hope uh, Crash Bandicoot does really well, the Insane Trilogy, because with this move, it could potentially see, you know, the same treatment, which would be great for people. Obviously not from Naughty Dog, but from another studio doing it for them. Um, so that's huge. That's day awesome. One, boys. Day one. <laughs> and, and I'm telling you guys, Jack X is worth it, Dom. You should definitely play that game because it's... It's more fun than it sounds like. I know you're thinking, God, this game probably fucking blows. But it's actually a really great kart racer. Um, cool dune buggies. And uh, it actually has a solid story. And also, they use this line a lot. Where they go, they, you'll like blow somebody up or whatever. And they'll go, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. <laughs> and I think, I think that's worth the price tag, if nothing else. Uh- I'll probably grab the first game. I, I played the first game on PS2 and absolutely loved it. So I didn't play any, any of the others, but I'll, 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 if it's 10 bucks, I mean, I'll definitely grab the first game. Yeah, yeah love all those games. Uh, second bit of news here is pretty interesting as well. Bethesda provides official date for its E3 press conference. So earlier in the year when Microsoft announced their press conference time, Bethesda made a cheeky little tweet saying uh, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. So we kind of knew that obviously Bethesda was still going to be going on Sunday as they have been. And they released a press image uh, that says save the date Bethesda E3 showcase June 11th at 6.30. So it's going to be going on four hours, four and a half hours-ish after the Microsoft conference. The most interesting thing here is in the past it's just been the Bethesda conference. There hasn't really been any theme, any glitz, any glamour, nothing like that. For this one... It's a, it looks like a theme park kind of design, and it says Bethesda Land. So um, I don't know if there's too much to read into that, but I guess the theme they're going with this year for their press conference is Bethesda Land. Uh, we're anticipating Evil Within 2. We're anticipating uh, Wolfenstein New Colossus. Uh, we're anticipating possibly some Fallout VR stuff. Uh, yes. And I believe we're also anticipating some type of uh, mobile release outside of uh, Elder Scrolls Legends as well. So. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. But this Bethesda line thing, you think it's just a, just a little moniker for the image? You think it really means anything? <laughs> I don't know. I, it kind of reminds me, actually, even though I didn't play it, obviously, of the uh, the final Fallout 4 story DLC, Dom. Oh, what yeah. Nuka World. Nuka World, yeah. Um, kind of reminds me of that. And, uh, yeah, I think... I don't think this is a bad idea. I think um, Bethesda has shown in the last couple of years that they can be just have a lot more interesting conference than EA and Ubisoft. God bless their poor, poor souls embarrassing themselves like they have. Um, I, I just think that Bethesda is, is just gets it. So if they want to do this whole Bethesda land th- thing or whatever, go ahead. Have fun, kids. 
Uh, also, I think it's three years running now that they've announced a game that's come out before their next E3. Like, it's been the first time we've seen a game, and that game has come out before the following E3. It was Fallout 4. I can't remember the game the year after that, but there was one. It might have been Doom. And then last year, obviously, to this year was Prey. Prey's coming out before E3, so. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pretty interesting. So it wouldn't, it wouldn't be surprising if we saw The Evil Within 2 and Wolfenstein both coming out in the next year before the next E3. Um, definitely one of them. So it's interesting. We'll see what Bethesda Land has to offer us, uh, lucky guests. The last Get bit of news tickets, here... Get your tickets, kids. ...isn't really a bit of news, but it's a, a write-up on a study that Google did. Uh, Google commissioned a study uh, that found that teenagers find the Xbox brand quote-unquote cooler than they find PlayStation. That preference was switched in millennials, however, as 18- to 25-year-olds thought uh, Sony's gaming brand was cooler than Microsoft's. According to the report, children aged 13 to 17 thought Xbox was the fourth coolest brand in the world behind uh, Google, Netflix, and I forgot what the other one was. Um, Google, Netflix, and YouTube. Uh, some of the most popular video game series among teens, which Google defined as those born between 1999 and 2003. Here are the uh, the list of the coolest video games to teenagers. The Legend of Zelda, which Dom's pretty excited about. Call of Duty Black Ops, which kind of hurts my heart. Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> Pokemon, which brings my heart back to Shining. Minecraft, which isn't surprising. It's like the biggest phenomenon in gaming since those kids have probably been born. Uh, and CSGO. CSGO is the, the most surprising to me on this list, considering not that it's not huge, but it is a very PC-centric game. Um, it's old as shit, too. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty interesting. Um, I actually want to talk, we were talking about this before the show, and Jordan, you kind of have a theory as to why you think uh, teenagers between 13 and 17 consider Xbox cooler, and millennials see it the opposite, despite PlayStation outselling Xbox 2 to 1. Sure. I want to go into that, but first I want to ask, uh, when you say Black Ops, is that just the Black Ops brand, or is that... These are, yeah, franchises. These are all franchises. So The Legend yeah. of Zelda as a franchise, Call of Duty Black Ops 1, 2, and 3, which, you know, have been there since they've, yeah. Yeah, so if you think about that, Minecraft's an old-ass game. Uh, well, not old-ass, but it's old. Um, Counter-Strike Go is an old-ass game. And if you think about, like, Black Ops 1, which is where, obviously, it got started with its popularity, is is an old game. So that's really interesting that they're, you know, not into, like, Overwatch and shit. You know, like, really new. Well, all of these are franchises that, well, stuff. besides Call of Duty Black Ops, they're all franchises that started, like, a long time ago. Well, except for Minecraft yeah, 2. Yeah, like, right. they are all older. It's something like, oh, Overwatch is a new thing, or... Uh, even Dark Souls, which is newer, you know, which that obviously. But Minecraft's niche, but... not a new game, you know. No, yeah, it's old. It's a... I, I agree with you there. It's old. Yeah, 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 yeah. So my theory here is, um, uh, we have millennials thinking that PlayStation's cooler, which is obviously people our age. Um, you know, there's tons of us that have a PS4, and I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, and then of course a lot of us grew up loving PlayStation Two. Um, but then uh, you have the group underneath that, the age-wise, um, the teenagers that are really into Xbox. My theory was that basically when these kids became cognizant and were realizing what video games were, really when these kids started to think that video games were cool, Xbox was cool, you know, say eight, ten years ago when 360 was on fire, 
and that was the big thing and so their big brother big sister may be playing halo or call of duty on the xbox 360 and you know madden whatever and so these kids are uh first realizing what's going on uh as far as video games go and how cool they are and so um then once they're able to start choosing what video game platforms they want to play on and and um like you said jared once they become teenagers and really begin to start their brand loyalty then um the first thing that they're gonna jump into is xbox so i think that makes a little more sense yeah i i buy it actually um it's that weird kind of generational thing so maybe the six and seven year olds of today you know uh will in 10 years from now will think playstation is cooler just because of the timing of it i could see that um but it weirds me out that their definition of millennial is technically wrong which is weird so a millennial is supposed to be anyone who is not an adult until the year 2000 right so millennials are actually like up to like 35 years old now so it's it's something like most people think it's younger i guess but so technically and i don't know i don't think there's a hard stop at the other end so technically anyone being born today is also a millennial because you're born in the new millennia right um this is a cool it study, definitely doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah, generational yeah. naming and stuff like that, the conventions of yeah. it are all odd. But I yeah. do right. I do agree with you that the Xbox thing makes sense. The funny thing, like, I own an Xbox now, and I brand loyalty is funny to me. I would consider myself an Xbox guy more than a PlayStation guy, but, like, I grew up with the PlayStation 1. I grew up with the PlayStation 2. My favorite nostalgic sound in video games is that boot-up of the Sony Computer Entertainment, you know? Like... I, I, uh, I'd say mine is, is actually the GameCube. That one's pretty iconic, But I am a little bit older than you. So maybe if I was... I don't know. It's it's all interesting. But I do agree with you there. It's probably why Xbox is considered cooler uh, with that younger age gap. Um, and I, that's probably what lends towards it. It has nothing to do with sales. It's just what people grow, grew up thinking was cool, right? It's all perspective. Uh, speaking of cool, though, uh, the day we're recording this, uh, Thursday, March or April sixth, I lost track of months. Uh, we had a. Is really it cool, cool out there in AZ? <laughs> I'm not in Arizona. In in M. <laughs> it's actually really hot right now. Uh, it's killing me that I don't have my fan on. I'm burning alive. And also, I didn't technically say you were in AZ. I was just asking what the letter, what the weather was like in Arizona. <laughs> I have no idea. I'll ask Jessica yeah. next time I'm Jared. Uh, talk to her. How's it feel over in Wyoming? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm not void. there. Uh, and anyways, we had a really cool announcement today by way of Xbox through Digital Foundry on Eurogamer.net. Dom, hit us with that good, good news. Uh, hit us yeah, with that so good, I, good. That good, got, good. Let me pull up the. Well, first let's let's say what it is. Uh, Xbox Scorpio. We still don't have a name. Um, basically, the specs were completely unveiled today. Um, we didn't see the box. Uh, we didn't see any games uh, per se, but we do have like the like, complete technical breakdown of what what's in this thing. Um, Which is weird. It's kind of the opposite of how it would usually be, right? You'd usually yeah, they, get all that other stuff, and then they would give you the tech breakdown. Yeah, and they they let this come out through like Digital Foundry and your through articles. Yep, through articles, so they know that. The people who are most interested in this stuff are the people, you know, looking at these outlets. And then, you know, the, the more general crowd is going to see the E3 stuff they end up showing. Uh, we'll get into that in a minute, though. So I just want to run through the specs and kind of what they mean uh, really quickly. So the CPU is the same kind of eight-core uh, AMD Jaguar ordeal. So it's actually only 
very slightly uh, higher clocked than the PS4 Pro CPU, which that doesn't really matter because the CPU like doesn't bottleneck games in any way. So that's a good spot for them to save money in the cost of this thing. So it's the GPU that is, I think roughly, I mean, I can spit out all these numbers, 12, you know, 40 compute units at 1172 megahertz and, and, and yada, yada. Basically it's, it's close to, you know, like twice as powerful as uh, the PS4 Pro. Maybe not quite twice as powerful, but that like that's that's where everything one point five times maybe. Yeah, um, that's where everything we care about uh, is driven from. So all that GPU power. They that's how have, you're gonna get if you have enough power there. That's gonna give you that native 4K without a bunch right. of frame dips, right? So they also have now 12 gigabytes of RAM instead of eight, which is interesting because usually, even at high res high res games, don't usually use too much RAM, uh, but I'm sure there's a good reason for that. Um, and and it'll be taken yeah. advantage of. Four dedicated that's... to system, eight dedicated to games. Right. Yeah, I think so. that's a good spot to settle at, you know, being kind of this pro console, because obviously we already have the eight cores, and 16 might be a bit overkill, so I think 12 is probably a good settling spot. Yeah, yeah. My, my only point was they probably could have went with eight and been fine and had the cost savings, but it looks good on the spec sheet compared to everything yeah, else. Yeah, it would look bad on the spec sheet, yeah. The the other one that's really important that a lot of people might look over is the memory bandwidth. So you can have a really great GPU, um, but if this bandwidth, it, you know, if you can't pass enough data along, um, then it doesn't do you much good. So they have 320, 326 uh, gigabytes per second of <clears throat> memory bandwidth, which is uh, about 30-some percent better than the PS4 Pro. So that is really important for the... 4k resolution and textures and everything too so that's going to be a big thing for it one terabyte hard drive and then as speculated a 4k blu-ray drive which is just like the s i think it's going to be is going to prove to be yeah for them they're not gonna you know fuck that up obviously with their them already having it in the s so um digital foundry they got to see uh forza run it native 4k 60 fps which is, is a really good sign, but then again, I mean, it's generally known racing games are easier to run, and of course it's an Xbox game, so it's super well-optimized. That being said, given these specs, I mean, I'm not super technical, but I it seems pretty safe to say that every game, you know, will be, will be able to run at 4K and minimum 30 frames per second. That seems to be the consensus that, you know, and every developer is going to be able to do what they want differently. Maybe one developer wants it at 1080 with 200 frames a second. I guess that would be up to them. Also, make any sense, but <laughs> uh, I believe they said too in one of the articles because there's multiple articles. Like they went, they did a deep dive into the specs and stuff. Yeah, and you can correct me on the specifics, Dom. But in the one of the articles, it states that every Xbox One game, because obviously Xbox One games play on this, because uh, it is an Xbox One, all the games will have the menu available that you guys had told me about that PS4 Pro has, where you can choose: Do you want 60 FPS and lower uh, and lower? Uh, uh, performance or lower frame rate and higher performance you know what i mean that's only that's just specific game menus it's up to the the devs yeah Yeah, that's that's not on the the that's i'm just saying it's not through the ps4 ui even though it's worth noting it does have a boost mode but uh but they've stated through that article microsoft said that if your game uh, gets a performance enhance or not if it's going to be on the scorpio or playable on the scorpio they're, it's going to have that those settings available for all the so, games. Yeah, yeah. So that's a good sign. So I mean, what what I draw from this is it's a 
it's they're gonna call it X Beast as I uh, <laughs> yeah. predicted, but because this thing is a beast. Hopefully, it comes in at five hundred dollars or less. I think that should be doable, but it's tough to say. Um, uh, but I'd I say think the I'm biggest... thinking six hundred for this man. No, I don't think it's over five hundred dollars. <sighs> you gotta you gotta hope not, but I. For me, the how, biggest part... how are they selling it at five hundred? I mean, they, it would have to be a loss, and then they would have to just kind of work with it for a while. I mean, I, I see it as possible. So the the GPU they used in this is equivalent to a NVIDIA ten seventy, which goes for on the on the you know smaller end about three hundred. So they could you know have two hundred or so into everything else because that GPU is going to be their most expensive piece. Um, especially when it's the same CPU they've been using. Um, and, of course, they're buying things in bulk and a little bit more memory. But overall, I don't think – I think 500 is possible and preferably less so, if they can figure it out. But So, Jared, is what you were just saying more like where games would have to be updated, like a PS4 Pro patch, or all Xbox One games will be able to run in 4K? Uh I don't – this is a tough thing because I'm not like the technical guy. But the article I was reading, did, the way Digital Foundry worded it is that every game that maybe isn't backwards compatible, but every game that's like an Xbox One game up, right? Every one of those games will have a menu in which – I don't. they didn't say inside the game or through the actual just architecture of the Xbox. will so have a menu in Quantum which Break, you can – Quantum Break, for example. Yeah, so if you put in Quantum Break into the Project Scorpio – It'll have a menu in which you can choose if you prioritize uh, frame rate or you uh, prioritize uh, graphic fidelity. Like there will be options for you uh, outside of because uh, there will be the option to for it to get upscaled or to run in 4K in that update. But if those aren't available, it'll still have a settings menu in which you can optimize to use the power of the Scorpio to fix games that aren't necessarily getting updated. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I I, I go back to what Phil said, Phil Spencer. Uh, I said I think like two or three times now that basically they're just giving the devs all this power and it's really up to them to use it as creatively as they want. But I, Yippee. what I'm what I'm gathering is like every dev will have the ability, you know, the opportunity to make their games na- native 4K. Um, I doubt there will be it, it, kind of the inverse of the PS4 Pro where most games are just short of full 4K. This I think it'll be the opposite where most games will hit it. Maybe you know Cyberpunk. Uh, can't quite do it or something you know on that scale because those games cd project red games are usually hyper demanding so but for the most part i think this is a good sign i think they're going to live up to the you know the branding of true 4k um etc so hopefully the price is good and and they get some more exclusives to go with it so i want to say a few things about this i want to say this i am now now that we have looked at the specs and i have We'll say this. I have a friend in Dom who knows PCs enough to where I trust his knowledge. And you're saying it's not bullshit. They're going to be able to run 4K at 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 least 30 uh, smooth. So I am now day one for this bad boy. As long as it's not over $600. Um, Not only that, but you guys know how much I love PlayStation. How into PlayStation I am. We're looking at a possible uh, situation at the end of 2017, boys, where I could be playing basically only my exclusives, only Sony exclusives on PS4 Pro, um, and then... Your third uh, parties? Really splitting my third parties between 
what I want on my Switch and what works, like the, the big AAA games that are going to be best in 4K on my Scorpio. Um, I think a lot of people might follow that too. Yeah. So really quick, I want to throw in a couple of things. One, I want to read a quote from Mikey Barra, who's the vice president for Xbox and Windows gaming platform. Mikey Barra! Before that, I actually saw an article before we went live to record uh, from gamesindustry.biz stating that analysts, which take their word with a grain of salt, analysts are always wrong. They're just professional guessers for the most part. Uh, they stated, based on today's announcement of just the specs alone, barring you know catastrophic software where there's nothing there, uh, they uh, readily expect Xbox to outsell PS uh, play, Xbox to outsell PlayStation in this fiscal year, in uh, 2017 to 2018. Interesting stuff there. Jeez, Anyways, that's all. That's big. If that's that, all if that stuff. turns, yeah. If that um, is true, that's huge. So according to Ibarra, Microsoft ha- was in part motivated by a desire to win developers back after the launch of the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One in 2013. This after a reversal of the developer relationship it enjoyed during the Xbox 360 PS3 era. This is his quote. Quote, The team looked back at the developers and the developer relations we have, Ibarra said. With Xbox 360, we had absolute best platform for developers. With Xbox One, we sort of lost that in a two-year time frame. So we said, how do we get the mindshare of those developers back? We want the best games running on our box, and there are tools, dev kits, and some arrows like that, uh, like that to win the developers back. So that was a big priority for us as we approach this product. Ibarra's comments during uh, bring to mind Sony's strategy for the PS4. Following a post-mortem of the PS3, which many platform, uh, multi-platform developers found tricky to work with compared to the Xbox 360, Sony decided to focus on delivering a high-spec console that was easy to develop for. I think of it as a supercharged PC architecture, and that's because we have gone in and altered it in a number of ways to make it better for gaming. That's what Mark Cerny said back in 2013 when they announced the PlayStation 4. Uh, we have unified memory, with certain, uh, which certainly makes uh, creating games easier. This was the number one feature requested by the games companies. Uh, and yeah, they basically said, Ibarra said, we have to win the hearts and minds of developers. We have to, uh, we have the right tool sets that lets them bring their games across the whole family of products and let them create the absolute best versions of those games. So from everything we saw, it seems like that's Xbox's direction. Um, so the next part of this conversation, this is kind of a two-part uh, topic. Uh, the, the, the thing I want to bring up is what this means for Xbox now. Uh, previously, you said, uh, Jordan, that this has to be Xbox a, now, like PlayStation now. <laughs> this has to be uh, $600. It's really tough for you to see it cheaper than that. My big thing is that Xbox and, and Phil Spencer have seen the ramifications of launching at a crazy price point, no matter how quote-unquote powerful your, your console is. They've seen, we see what they did with Digital Foundry today. They've seen how bad uh, an announcement of a an iteration of a console can be with PlayStation. Like, they learned, right? They're learning. Here's the thing. If they have an event before E3 to name the console, show it off, and give a price, I think you have a, a, a probability of it being $600. If they hold off till E3, I really do think that they're going to wow people with the price point. I, I really believe that Phil Spencer would not allow them to go all the way to E3 just to announce that this thing $600. You know what I mean? He would want to get that news out as soon as possible. And I really think because it seems like we're not going to get an event, the way Digital Foundry made it sound, we're going to get to look at the box at E3. I really think they're going to surprise us at the price point. Uh, it, it's a weird thing here because Microsoft has a lot of money to burn, not that they want to burn it all, but they can they can take a loss, right? They could. They, they could, could sell it at a loss. Yeah. Um, and the thing too, which is the opposite end of this, which wouldn't be surprising if it was $600, is that unlike uh, 
Sony with PlayStation, Microsoft doesn't wholly rely on Xbox. Yeah, they want it to be profitable, but it isn't their go-to. It isn't their cash cow. So they're willing to not sell as many beefy Xboxes in return for not losing a lot of money because they don't rely heavily on those software sales with Xbox, you know? Uh, whereas yeah. PlayStation does so much uh, focusing, uh, Sony does so much focusing on PlayStation. So I really think that if we have an event before E3, it could be $600. If we don't hear about this till E3, I would bet a lot of money, six hundred dollars, that uh, <laughs> that it wouldn't, it won't be six hundred dollars. I really don't think so. Um, so you guys are, are you guys both going with a four ninety nine, and I'm going with five ninety nine? No. So a lot of people are thinking four hundred, which I think is plausible, but it's way on the more crazy side of things, right? I think five. I mean, that's is, where PS4 Pro launched and is still at. Yeah. And I think 500 is on the more comfortable side. If I was a betting man, I would go with four, four, uh, 449.99. Um, I think even cutting that $50, even though it's not a full hundred, I think could make a big deal. Uh, 500, I wouldn't I be just, surprised uh, that anything more than that would be. It would definitely say that they want to sell Xbox One S's, and this is really just a super niche thing, which I don't think. I it would is. say they'd go. I don't think they can go under 500 and not only that, but I just don't see them going uh, with a 50. I think they'd rather Sony yeah. and PlayStation, Sony and Microsoft with their consoles. Yeah. It seems like they like to round it off, and then Nintendo, like they did with Wii U, they might be cool with you know having uh, their price tag end in a 49. You know, so I'm, I'm so. kind of with you guys. So I'm looking down. I have my my predictions written down uh, that we did. Uh, it must have been in December we did 2017 predictions, right? So I predicted Scorpio would would re- release at 400. Now looking at these specs, I'm like, mm, I don't know, man. <laughs> I think it's probably 500, um, 450 best case. But I, I, and I hate to go back on my prediction, but it, it, that's in gold or that's in in stone, of course. But yeah, um, I think realistically it'll be 500. And here's the yep, biggest thing. I bet six. Yeah, the biggest thing too with this is like this console's great, awesome. What's the software for this thing? Because that, that'll be a huge selling point too. If people hear this console super powerful and then they get to see some of the games, like if they see Red Dead running on this thing or they see the first party games, you know, the Crackdown 3s and stuff, the software will sell this too, but there needs to be that software. And that's the tough thing is like we don't really know if there's going to be an event beforehand where they showcase this even more, right? I think this was a super smart play to get all the tech stuff out of the way in this article. Like Dom said in the previous topic, the people who want to know this information will find it, you know, and Digital Foundry is the place they go to. It's trusted, yeah. right? Very smart to go with that company specifically for the tech stuff. Yeah, and the average person just wants to hear it's powerful. They don't care how many teraflops, all of this GPU. They don't care about that stuff. They want to know, okay, this console is the most powerful console. Cool. Now show me games. So if at E3 you show off how cool the console <laughs> looks design-wise... You name a price that is hopefully isn't six hundred dollars, and then you shelf a shit ton of awesome games that will sell them. They were smart enough. The the problem PlayStation have a PS4 Pro amongst a lot of things with that announcement is that we're trying to talk about all this tech jargon to people who can't really see it through their computer screen or don't care enough, right? So I think the way they divvy this up, if they have another of they didn't really have an event, but if they have another announcement where it's like a Nintendo Direct kind of thing or a little press conference, obviously, for the Scorpio, and they give us the name, the price, and look at the box. That means that at E3, they can focus, as Phil Spencer said hundreds of times, 
we need to focus on the software because we understand that's what people care about most and that's what people feel as if we're not delivering on the most. That means that at E3, they can just focus on the games. Oh yeah, I remember Scorpio's coming out and put that at the end or the beginning and not have to worry about, here's the console, here's the price, here's the release date, here's what it looks like, now games. And then no matter how short that presentation is at the beginning or the end, it's going to be hard for people not to be like, well, you said it was going to be all games, but this two-minute section wasn't games, you know? Yeah. So, I got to say I'm super fucking excited for E3 this year. Uh, of course, you got PlayStation, which is going to excite me, but then you got these two wild cards in both Nintendo and Microsoft that I think are going to be big no matter what because they kind of have to be, and so... Um, really excited for, real excited for the Xbox conference. Yeah. The other thing, uh, I never pointed out. I'm going through the specs and everything. This thing will have no problem with VR. Um, oh it's yeah. It's gonna give you a, a way better VR experience than um, PS4, PS4 Pro. So which whatever they have you know, Xbox that. One does not have any VR uh, compatibility at the moment. So yeah, at the moment, that's gonna be yeah. you know interesting. Are they gonna? Um, go with Oculus, or are they going to be stingy because they only want to have Microsoft HoloLens coming in in a couple the, years, well, or what? Fact, I think it's a big deal. So, like, is and maybe I'm in the minority here, but right now, as good as this all sounds, given the I'm not going to be able to buy this thing, um, and probably by the time I could, uh, be more interested in what will be the PS5 around the corner, right? But, but the big but here is. Uh, if Fallout 4 comes to this in VR and it's some sort of exclusive deal, then then I'm just going to spin around in a circle and it combust because I'm going to have to buy the damn thing. Yeah. it's see, They had John Carmack on stage last year for, for VR with Oculus, and I really think that, was, that wasn't by accident. Recently, Oculus has, Oculus has gone through a lot of stuff. Obviously, they're owned by Facebook. Uh, they've recently let go of Palmer Lucky, who had a lot of uh, interesting... Uh, investments. We'll just put it that way. When did they let go of him? About a week ago. Week ago. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's gone. Wow. Uh, they didn't say if he stepped down or if he was let go. I'm pretty sure he was let go because of the whole controversy that surrounded him. Um, and that could be key to you know what if Xbox Microsoft was one of the biggest you know brands in the world is like we want to partner with Oculus but we don't want this like people. People know, like, oh, that Oculus isn't that part of the dude that funded Donald Trump for better or for worse, right? And it could be better PR for them. Who knows? The fact of the matter is, is that if if Xbox, the way Phil Spencer's talked about VR, I don't know if we'll see VR this year because he said we're taking a sit and wait approach. We want to wait for um, the components to be a lot more user friendly without all the cords and the bulkiness and all the stuff. So we could definitely see hints of VR. I said before, and I'll say it again, the fact that they positioned themselves before Bethesda, I think, could be a key hint at Fallout VR. Yeah, I think that's a huge hint because, you know, they, they you don't want Bethesda to go first, show off Fallout VR and be like, it's exclusive or it's coming to Xbox uh, Project Scorpio. And they had to call Project Scorpio on their thing because they haven't said what the actual name of the console is because Microsoft wouldn't go mm, down one day. Very you know? astute of you, Jared. Yeah, it just, it it's very interesting to me. Fallout VR, I don't think it would intrigue me enough, but I do appreciate the way Microsoft handles tech and stuff, and I'd be interested to see their foray into VR. But like you said, I'm really excited for E3 because Phil Spencer, like we've talked about numerous times, he's shown that he knows what he's doing, and until he shows us a mistake, then we have to 
basically take him for the net positive he's done, right? So I really think him saying he's he, they're focusing on games. Like, Microsoft goes first. And though Red Dead, Sony has the exclusive marketing rights to that stuff. Imagine if the first time we see Red Dead out of that outside of that teaser trailer is running on Project Scorpio. That's going to be huge. Like, there's plenty of people through marketing or through E3 otherwise thought that Destiny was an exclusive for the PlayStation, which is odd, you know? Well, you know, it's worth noting that uh, I'm pretty sure they've already sided with PlayStation on Red Dead because they have uh, well, no, the marketing multiplayer. Yes. Yeah, they have exclusive multiplayer content coming out, yeah. But it doesn't mean that that Rockstar wouldn't want it to be shown on on Microsoft stage. That has nothing to do with the not marketing. necessarily. But they just it. I mean, as soon it as could they be a part put of that, the deal. yeah. As soon as the reveal trailer came up, they immediately aligned themselves with PlayStation. So that's worth yeah. saying. But there have been plenty of rumors from people inside the industry saying that uh, we were, we would see Forza Horizon Seven. Uh, Forza Horizon 7, Forza Motorsport 7, sorry. I was like, yeah. they're skipping uh, four of those? Battlefront 2 and Red Dead when we when we get the Scorpio announcement or whatever that is. That's a huge rumor floating around right now. So Battlefront definitely because uh, EA has been aligning with Xbox. They did for Battlefield 1, right? So EA Access well, as well. No, not necessarily. I, I'd say you're guaranteed to get Battlefront 2 for PlayStation because... Um, Battlefront 1 was all about PlayStation. They had an exclusive console and exclusive DLC and all kinds That's of stuff. That's right, they did. And then Battlefield 1 had an Xbox console, like the One yeah. S that was green or yeah. whatever. Yeah. yeah. No, it was brown. It was They're like horse. a diarrhea brown. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think uh, I think we're all excited for what Xbox is going to hold uh, at E3. And it, like I said before, it's going to be interesting to see if we have an announcement of the Scorpio before E3 and how they handle that. I mean, my inclination. I think this was it. I don't it's know. Two months, baby. I don't. I don't know because my he said, you know, Phil Spencer said that E three is all about games. It, I don't know. It, I I could understand where you're coming from, where it's like they got all the tech stuff out. They want to do the pretty or the fun stuff at E three. So we'll see. I mean, they don't. They don't. They can kind of just give us the. It's all about games, but you're gonna say. If you make the whole conference about Scorpio and Scorpio's games, then no one's going to care that you're not talking about Xbox One, and then you've done, you've, you know, succeeded in both of the other two uh, goals. So, um, I think they could totally, you know, just kind of make that their Scorpio reveal event. Uh, as far as where we're going to be playing, uh, like I said, I didn't play anything last week. This week, I'll probably play a decent amount of games. I have Snake Pass. I've dabbled in it a little bit. I didn't play it this week, but I did play it the week it came out. Uh, like I like you said, it's uh, surprisingly more difficult than you'd expect. I mean, it is physics-based. It's a physics-based uh, platformer. But I do agree with you. It's a little bit more difficult than I was anticipating. Um, but I like it a lot. Um, what was the other thing I was going to mention? Oh, so Smite, right? The free-to-play MOBA. They introduced a really cool game mode uh, that is Mario Kart in Smite. It's a game mode where the, the gods in the game get into little carts. I can send you guys a video after we're done recording. And it's Mario Kart. It has power-ups, and it's inside of the game. It's a game mode inside of the game that they're doing for a special summer game event. Exception. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, so I'm excited to, to, to dabble with that a little bit, get my kart racer fix, obviously. Um <laughs> Going to be playing some Hollow Knight for sure, and obviously Mass Effect now that that big patch came out. Um, that's pretty much it for me. I need to catch up on Walking Dead, and outside of that, I don't think yeah. there's anything else that's a priority to me right now. 
Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it for me. What about you guys? Oh, real quick, real quick before you go. I was really thinking about getting Persona 5 on uh, PlayStation 3, and then I just, <laughs> re- I was like, nah, that's not worth it. I mean, not that really, uh-huh. you're not missing anything, you know? Yeah. I don't know. What did you say, Um, Dom? I'm sorry, what? I thought Dom said something. Yeah, isn't Persona 5 only PS on PS3 in Japan or something like that? No, it's... It's everywhere? PS3 okay. Here. What am I thinking, then? Uh, I don't know. But, um... I, uh, so speaking of Mass Effect, Jared, I've been torn with Mass Effect because, you know, Persona came out, obviously I've been playing Zelda, Snake Pass here and there, whatever. Um, and I'm really torn on Mass Effect because I kind of just started it and then got into the game to, to where I feel like I'm kind of just in it, you know, not just at the beginning anymore. And yet... You know, they're obviously patching it now to help fix some of these big problems. So I'm just kind of wondering whether I should just kind of wait just for wait. a second or not. Just wait. Yeah. You have plenty of stuff occupying your time. You have Persona. You have Zelda. You have... A... Just wait. It, the thing yeah, is Mario is that Kart's coming. When you get Jared around thinks, to it... that was some good advice. <laughs> yeah, when you get around to it, it'll be the best experience possible, you know? Just wait. Right. Just wait. Yeah. So there's that. Uh, I guess I won't be playing Mass Effect. Um and this week but um definitely going to be getting back to persona i'll have some hopefully more in-depth gameplay impressions for you next week um and then i also uh same day that persona came out uh per rapper the rapper remastered came out so i'll be hitting that up in 4k eventually kick punch 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 kick um so there's that and uh, let me think here. I guess there's not really much coming out until towards the end of the month. Oh no! Just kidding. Cosmic Star Heroin. Very excited for that. Oh, that's finally coming um, out. People have been waiting forever. Exactly. For that. Yeah, that's yeah. one of those kind of like Belower Cuphead where we've been waiting forever. It's, where do you uh, get it? Kind of a... Is there a guy in the corner that sells it. Little baggies. <laughs> It's it's not like that kind of heroin. It's like a female <laughs> heroin. Um, Fun, wait, really quick, really quick. Sorry to interrupt you. Fun story. One of my friends didn't know heroin was a word outside of the drug. He thought oh, it was really? just meant the drug. So when I said somebody was a heroin, he's like, you're calling somebody a drug? I was like, no, a female hero, a heroin. Like, <laughs> a- In either way, if you called someone that, it's still a compliment, right? Yeah, I was like... Yeah, exactly. I was like, read a book. He got offended. Anyways, go ahead. <laughs> Mohammed is the most popular name in the world. Read a book. Email Sorry, hero. <laughs> so, uh, Cosmic Star Heroines basically like a JRP tribute, kind of a 16-bit era tribute on coming out on PlayStation. So, uh, definitely going to be hitting that one up. Um, and... Uh, The That's whistle it. game? I, thought, I was trying to think about TV, but... Uh... Oh, Fargo. Yeah, that's what it was. Fargo's coming back, baby. Season 3. That's going to be awesome. Guys, FX is killing it right now. I mean, FX knows what's up. Um, baskets, uh, Better Things are awesome comedies. And then you got Fargo and The Americans as far as drama. Do they still have Always Sunny? I'm not... 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not mentioning all of them. They've got tons of great comedies with Louie and Always Sunny, and they've got tons of great dramas. Um, so I'm not really doing them justice by just naming a couple. But they, that's the thing is they are stacked in both the comedy and drama department. So um, FX knows what's up, man. Shout out Always. to Man Seeking Woman. More people need to watch that. Jared, to answer your question, Always Sunny is still going, yeah. Yeah, well, no, not that it's always going. I didn't know if it was on FX or not. I love Always Sunny. No, I it, is, it is. An always FX Sunny show. is our generation Seinfeld. In a lot of ways, Ooh, I think. Watching that's a bunch a of assholes. fucking statement, Jared. Yeah, I I'm think gonna so. have to. I'm gonna have to disagree with you, but I absolutely well, understand where you could. I, I also come, disagree because could... uh, Always Sunny is actually funny. Um, oh! <laughs> I don't okay. like Seinfeld. That's Seinfeld's a whole nother, fucking hilarious. That's Come a whole on. Nother, I do not like Seinfeld. Uh, oh my gosh. That's a whole discussion Jared, for another day. Yeah. The the first time you see Kramer like hurt himself, that's all you need. That's all you need. Oh god. I like George Costanza because he's Kramer's like David, twitching but... and freaking out and twitching. That's hilarious. Uh, so... Dom, are you gonna have a Jordan week or? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep trying Salt and Sanctuary on Vita. Uh, I, yeah. I can't give up quite yet. Um, let me see if I can work around these crashes some way because I, I want to finish it. I'm like, I, I've probably put 20 hours into this damn game. I've you know half the trophies. I'm halfway through it. Like, I just need to. Ah, it's frustrating. But I'm gonna keep trying. So um, I'm also gonna get a lot of time to play Horizon this weekend. You know, so I'll probably be doing that. I meant to mention this earlier when you talked about Salt and Sanctuary. Since it has separate uh, trophy lists, I'm pretty sure what you can do is, um, let's say you're getting the platinum, right? You play the way, play all the way through on your Vita, get that platinum, save your game, then cross save over to PS4, load that up, and it should ping just, all the trophies. You know, I don't it know if ping it, all the trophies. I don't know if it can cross save though. Is that a thing? Well, if it's cross-buy, it should definitely be cross-save. Oh, I thought there were games that were just cross-buy and not cross-save. I thought that was I it. mean, there probably are, but that's that should be a very rare occurrence. I, I mean, I'd be really surprised if you can't cross-save. I'll look into it. Because that's kind of the point of cross-buy is the fact that it's cross-buy, cross-save, so, yeah, you can, you know, pick up and play. and kind of makes it like a Switch. It's a Nintendo situation. Switch on two different consoles, essentially. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um... Really quick before we close out, you you learned today the fact that will make me hate it if I ever become popular. Some people it's because they're conservative. Some people it's because they don't like Nintendo. If I ever get popular and people find out I don't like Seinfeld, I'll probably be crucified. It's like a holy grail <laughs> to people, and I do not like it. Uh, I mean, I think everybody has stuff that's really popular that they're just like, this is fucking dumb. Well, for yeah. me, it's it's for me it's Seinfeld and Breaking Bad, and I don't think they're dumb. I just couldn't get into them. I watched two and a half seasons of Breaking Bad got disinterested yeah that's really understand it's a crazy. phenomenal show but it just wasn't for me seinfeld same thing i'm like i don't i don't get it and also i grew dumb that friends is fantastic <laughs> um, oh friends is, i mean friends is fine but it's way overrated <laughs> discussion for way day. overrated anyways uh barring any other crazy announcements within the week that we get like a project scorpio actual announcement or something because this one came out of nowhere we found out like on tuesday that they were doing the digital foundry thing and then it happened on thursday which was crazy um so yeah it looks like we're gonna have an interesting show next week um we'll probably have some impressions on some games 
depending on how much Snake Pass you play, Jordan, I play, we could have a discussion about that as well. Uh, tune in next week, guys. Thank you guys for listening and or watching however you guys take the podcast in. If you can, please subscribe over at YouTube.com. Uh, we don't have a URL yet because we're not at 100 subs. Just search controlled interests. We're at 81-ish, I believe. Um, nice. So we're, 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 getting, we're getting, we're closing in. Getting real close to that personal URL. Also, I want to mention, I'll have heroin impressions next week. Hell yeah. Um, also, if you can rate us on iTunes, that really helps. Um, and yeah, I think that's pretty much it. We'll catch you guys in episode 55. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Friends is better than Seinfeld. Leave that in. Leave that in. <laughs> <laughs>